Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is Robert Rogers. I am the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004 and the host of Parkinson's Recovery Radio that has now aired for a marvelous decade. We have now over 260 interviews with some amazing individuals, some who are currently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, many others who are healthcare professionals from one background and one specialty or another that have wonderful suggestions of what you can do to find sustained relief from whatever symptoms you currently happen to be experiencing. So for those of you that don't know, you can begin to listen to some of the replays on Parkinson's Recovery Radio and get some wonderful suggestions of how, in fact, you can get sustained relief from whatever symptoms you currently experience. I am excited today to host an amazing individual, Michelle Turner, who is the developer, the creator of a program called Movement Lesson. If any of you out there are having any mobility challenges whatsoever, I just want to say this is a program that you will find will be incredibly helpful and useful to you. Michelle, I want to thank you not only from the bottom of my heart, but from the many listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio for taking the time today out of a busy schedule to be a guest on Parkinson's Recovery Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a family concern as well as professional. So, Michelle, tell everybody about yourself. Um, again, my name is Michelle Turner. Uh, I am a, a healthcare professional. I discovered a modality that I call movement lesson. Um, it's based off of what I've found that no matter what the diagnosis is, the number one movement denominator is lack of rotation. Um, that's what I'll be covering today is how rotational movements start to decrease quite rapidly with Parkinson's and how we can we can maintain or even bring some back. But it's based off of rotation. Um, a lot of people go after neurologically. But personally, my uncle had Parkinson's and my, my all my uncles, including my father, have Charcot-Marie Tooth. Uh, which is a dropped foot disease. So I'm more than familiar with, with adult onset of neuropathies uh, on a personal level. And then, uh, of course, where I'm really known is for people with, or children with special needs. And I travel all around the world to uh, train and to help the children. When people then visit your website, they will see you working with very small children, in some cases infants, and yet you have had quite a bit of experience working with adults and specifically persons who are currently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Right. With Parkinson's, there's actually a lot of big umbrate in um uh, Peoria, Arizona, which is right next to Sun City, Arizona. I've actually spoken with the Parkinson's group and worked with some people uh, through the group here. Sun City, uh, Arizona has a large uh, uh, support group as well as I know that they're doing studies for Parkinson's through uh, um, Banner Health and uh, other avenues here in Sun City, um, which is a large retirement community in Arizona. Michelle, tell everybody about your approach. Again, my approach is based off of rotational movement. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have Parkinson's, stroke, 
cerebral palsy, autism. Again, like I mentioned, the common denominator is rotational movements. Our muscles actually have a rotation within them, um, specifically myosin and atkin. Um, I have some papers on that for anybody who's interested. Um, but the rotation actually is from the inside out, and our bodies are made from movement or organized for movements from the inside. So when our insides start having complications, it makes it very difficult, especially to mimic skills. How most people really learn movements is by copying versus uh, working from the movements from the inside. So I work my approaches. The first is, do you have, are you able to initiate the skill? Well, a lot of babies aren't because of trauma of some sort or genetics. Um, and then, so that's where my specialty comes into play. And then you want to stimulate those skills and then enhance them. And so today we're going to be talking about more about stimulating and then enhancing them because a lot of you have had the skills. You're just losing them for neurological reasons. But again, we're not working with them within the body. Well, you have everybody's attention, Michelle, so how do people get started with your program? Okay. First of all, you want to look at how do I move, right? Again, this is, this is uh, we, we see a, a spectrum disorder, let's say, with autism, but everyone is different. Even with Parkinson's, uh, it's very common to wanting to Google and look at what's wrong or what am I looking forward to or how do I prevent this? Those are common themes. But first of all, we have to really look at how do I move, right? How do I improve my movements because I'm a person and my, my talents and my life skills come first and then I might happen to have Parkinson's. So that's that, that denominator within the two. Um, so there's not a one-size-fits-all, let's say. Um, but we're going to be talking about today is, is how to, to look at how do I move and then where can I improve my movements, right? Those are the two main questions. And then what I'd love to just talk about is how to improve my balance. What do I do to maintain it? I know sleeping is a really big effect on this. And then speech and what I'd like to include in speech is vision because we really lose how to work the room. And, and how do I keep my visual attention um, as I'm walking down the street, let's say, versus just concentrate on my skills of walking? How do people maintain good balance then? Okay, good balance. Now, first of all, let's what we can do to include to improve your balance, right? So people think balance is a foot-based function, where actually balance comes through your pelvis, and a lot of it comes through your, your eyes, your vision. And so what we really want to maintain is walking. Now, one of the big studies done, and I highly recommend that you guys follow this, is pole walking. Pole walking in Parkinson's is really great. Uh, the poles allow for that extra balance, but what I want to do is tell you how to walk with poles, right? And I have a short video um, on my YouTube, which I can link to it later, but when you're working with poles, first of all, it, it, it extends your rotation outside your body. And then so you can actually use that rotation. Now, the second thing is you really need to, again, I'm going to dip down into my other topic I want to talk about is work the room. So you're not going to just walk from point A to point B, but you really want to work on skills where you're scanning or looking around. Now, first, you want to make sure you have good balance. 
and this is where the poles come in. But you really want to make sure that you are, oh, he painted his, his front door. Oh, there's a bird over there. I don't, even if you're just looking for uh, birds in a tree, even if it seems very minor, I want your vision uh, horizontally or a little bit up. We tend to start looking down very quickly when, when we're afraid of balance. Um, and we want to maintain that. Now, to do that first, you might take two dining room chairs and just practicing on just your balance and just being able to look really nice and functionally to the left and to the right. Um, if you find that those are compromised, that's where you want to make sure maybe even in sitting that you're doing this. And, and you'll see where it becomes a problem just getting out of the car. Everything I'm telling you right now or getting out of uh, – uh, from your bathroom or getting out of the stool from the from a dining table, right? You will see just these minor skills that we take for granted start creeping in. And this is where we don't want those skills to be compromised. And we want to make sure we're maintaining an active lifestyle, but that doesn't mean, let's say, jogging or those kind of activities that maybe you never did before in your life to begin with. As I understand it, so then, some people, so it does. Uh, some people, when they have mobility challenges, for example, when they perhaps freeze or shuffle, they tend to look downward. And I think what you're saying is that's not the re recommended approach. No, no, no. You'll see that also with Alzheimer's, the tendency of looking down. Now, again, I don't want you to lose your balance. This is where our pride comes into play. Maybe I'll be embarrassed to work with poles, but actually poles are kind of cool. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a step different from a walker, but still you want to be safe first. But you'll see that when people use their hands in a way, or again, like you said, that shuffle, what the shuffle is actually is your feet are like minorly falling. So you're falling into place. And that's what we want to maintain or prevent is we don't organize around falling. We organize around walking. And so, so to look, people are, again, it's, it, you don't want to trip over a curb. Your safety is first. But it's the activity of bringing our eyes down. That's what makes that, that slide happen faster. And I really would like to have you evaluate where you are with that so we can maintain your vision being up, up on, on the horizon. Does that make sense? Oh, it does indeed. And so what else can people do in order to be able to acquire that ability to look up rather than look down? Um, I actually, again, um, I'll, we, we can put up the links, but I, I have about, 15 free videos, first of all, on how to evaluate your rotation. You can stand very nicely in a door jam. And really, I just want you to feel twisting looking up. Um, because, again, I don't want you doing something that you can't do. But where we really save the body and the brain with Parkinson's, I don't want you not doing something because you think you can't do it. Right. And so we need to take just a moment, like I said, of just evaluating our healthy skills. But so if all of you right now or, or after you're done listening to us, just stood grabbing onto a door jam or, or, or just lightly holding dining room chairs and just felt what it's like to twist, rotate and look down at your right foot and then your left foot. You want to do that the same to around elbow level and then also looking up. This is where, again, where it might be suddenly trouble that you're having putting dishes away when actually what you're having trouble with is just taking that step and looking up. 
And so what I'm just trying to do is evaluate where you're starting to have those little deviations. And that might be your point of exercise or your home program of taking a step. And I do this with TheraBands. Uh, they're nice. You can put them or you can even be working in your chair and just feeling your right foot step down and you look up and just start to synchronize those movements because that's what Parkinson's is doing is it's taking away those little simple synchronized movements that we take for granted. We'll put, of course, those links to your videos so people can click and watch and get some wonderful suggestions of how they can improve the ability of where they are looking. You mentioned sleep is an issue. How could that be related to mobility? Okay, sleep is a really big uh, issue with mobility, and that comes all the way from the babies, right? We we say we want to just sleep like a baby tonight, and that's where those kind of skills are really important. We want to be able to lie down. It is a milestone, and if you don't think so, guess what? Astronauts' number one problem in space is needing sleep medication because they can't lie down. So it affects us in many different ways. But when the muscle-based activities are going on or the tremorings and so forth, even in lying down, the brain can't settle nor can the body settle. And all you need is a couple of good nights of this and you're starting to switch over. I'm afraid I won't be able to go fall asleep. Again, that I can't comes into play. So I'm just about to finish these videos. And because I'm talking to you, I'll get them done within by Wednesday. But I actually have quite a few videos on how to just lie down. Again, our, we have a fear-based diagnosis, which is totally valid. We're, we're, we, there's a lot of things about to happen to our bodies we just don't know, and it can create that fear or that shortness of breath. So we want to calm down the breathing, get that back to just being part of the body again, um, and just practice lying down skills of just it's different to learn to lie down again than me just telling you to relax, right? Isn't that so hard when someone just tells you, oh, just relax, you'll just be fine. And you're saying, you don't understand what I'm going through. Isn't that right, Robert? It's so true, Michelle. It's like people will say, relax, relax. And then a person has to say, I, I'm sorry, I can't do I don't know what you're talking about. Right. If you need a good night's sleep and you're you're sitting there at two o'clock in the morning saying, I just can't settle down, which is different than relaxing. And this is where, again, where you, we can't when you're going into something like Parkinson's or, or neuropathy, the the um, logic seems to go, if that makes a, a good way of saying that, um, that 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 way that you want to deal with it, again, just to relax. Well, if I want to relax, I need to do one, two, three. But if I don't know what's going to happen, I need to still work or I'm, I'm working on, on skills, I want to make sure I'm maintaining them at different levels. And just necessarily, like, medications do work, but I'm trying to show you that there are movements that you can do to supplement your care. And so you feel more proactive and the brain really likes when we're being proactive. That's one of actually the best ways to relax. So uh, proactive in our sleep actually is a really good program to work on. Wouldn't you say? Oh, I would indeed. So you're going to have some videos that will provide some instruction. Do you have other resources people can acquire that will help them be able to go into that place of deep sleep? 
Well, first of all, um, I, I do a lot via Skype and Zoom. So if you really need my help um, and you want to know what's going on with you, I actually can, can Skype with you or Zoom with you for the hour and give you a specific program, right? So, so there's a consultation there. But, yes, I, I'm a mother with a special needs son. My son had amophilus influenza for three years that they didn't catch. He was told he would never walk or talk. I have a family now that has Charcot-Marie Tooth and going into Parkinson's. So I know I have neuropathy in my family tree. And, and of course, my concerns for, for my one-year-old are through the roof. So... I, I wasn't getting the help and sort of what you're doing here with this great radio show for Parkinson's, I I did with I started with YouTube. So I actually have the largest video library of working with the human body. I would say I need to catalog them a bit better because there's there's a couple of hundreds and they get away from me sometimes. So I'm more than happy to do this for your viewers to catalog it. I'll I'll do a YouTube playlist of for just for Parkinson's and I'll put those videos that we're talking about. But I I need to I need help as a mother and you know I saw the power of the internet and and why not help. I get it that you might want to come to me. Maybe you can't afford it, although I'm very, very cheap for what I do um, because I'm a mom. But, or maybe you can't because of your health issues. We have quarantine going on right now. Um, you can't come to me from Germany, let's say. It's it's impossible. So I just do these videos and, and help out where I can. That's how you found me, I'm sure. Well, actually, Michelle, it was uh, uh, members of my audience who are telling me, I've got to get Michelle Turner on my radio show as a guest. So I wasn't actually doing a specific search. It's that other people recognize what wonderful work you are actually doing. But to summarize then your perspective on sleep, you've got some wonderful suggestions of how people can move into that place of deep sleep. You're not then, it sounds like, suggesting, oh, people should take these supplements or they should take these medicines or they should not take these supplements or they should not take these medications. Actually, it's more of proposing an approach that involves quite other kinds of methods. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're under a very specific care for your life. You know, there's decisions that you're making with your medical professionals. And and by all means, just because I'm, quote, alternative, that doesn't mean, you know, stop everything. What I'm proposing is you're going into dementia that your body is moving and maybe in some cases just out of your control. I'm just offering steps that you can take that you can a, start to feel that you have control over these movements, to lie down in your bed and actually feel the spine going down into the bed and coming back up again, feel that spine going down into the bed and then starting to rotate to the right and to the left, well, I need these movements to get out of the car. So it's in a safe environment and you're just starting to regain where you can start talking to your system again and having control over your body and then so when you're having a bad day with Parkinson's, you know, okay, I've, I've now, I need to go back and work on these kind of aspects, but it's learning how you move and help your movements. But everything we do from holding this phone right now and talking is all based off of movement. Many people who are members of my audience do have movement challenges, but they also have somehow embraced the belief 
that these movement challenges will get worse and worse every year. It kind of sounds like to me that with your approach, you're suggesting that's not an inevitable outcome. No, I mean, one of my biggest heroes was Jack Lane. If that man at 95 can pull a boat with his teeth, I'm not saying we should all go out and grab a, grab a boat, but, you know, I'm 55. I'm going into, again, that realm, but most of us are being just told in general, welcome to old age. And if, if it's the person next to you, with or without Parkinson's, you can have two people and you'll see dynamics within the diagnosis. The diagnosis is there for your medical health, to make sure that you're being taken care of medically for your needs. As you know, some people, with it could affect gait. It could affect their, their breathing, their sleeping. Uh, it all affects people differently and at what stage. However, if you don't know how you're moving, then, yes, you 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 only see the comparison to the worse. So if you can change the way your body's responding to the Parkinson's and offering the movement changes, that's what helps your you maintain a, a higher cognitive level and just how to work around it. Don't you think? Yes, I do indeed, Michelle. And people actually also have many different approaches and ideas of the exercise that they need to actually implement. Some people believe in forced exercise. Other people do fast walking or rapid kind of walking. Do you have any reaction to the various approaches people have for exercise when it comes to Parkinson's? Great question. The, the key denominator, and this is this is my key to, to movement lesson, it has to include rotation. Every functional movement that we make, I'm talking about a milestone from getting up off the bed to putting a dish away to feeding ourselves has to include a rotational movement. So when you have Parkinson's or, or just aging in general, what is happening is you're losing your ability to rotate. Sitting behind the computer too long will do it. So skills start to creep in that aren't possible because of lack of rotation. So exercise away, by all means, do it with rotational movements. When I watch people who currently are diagnosed with Parkinson's walk, oftentimes I see a pretty still hip and so you don't see any sassy walking, so to speak. Those hips are not moving from right to left. Sounds like you're also suggesting, well, allow those hips to shift from right to left. Would that be the kind of rotation you're talking about? Yeah, wag your tail. Um, it really needs to do it. And the easiest way to do that is what's actually happening is they're getting tunnel vision. The tunnel vision is, is taking, if, if you just try this experiment, when you go home tonight, um, you're going to, if you just focus and almost cross your eyes a little bit, but have a little bit of that tunnel vision and, and walk, you'll notice your, your pelvis really does not swing or, or rotate or move. Um, and, and the same thing with the speech, why the speech starts to go is because the eyes start to narrow. You don't have that social vision of like we're pausing in between and we have the radio in between us and we're on a phone. So we don't have that eye contact. So there's a little bit of a glitch in between. Very similar with why my speech starts to go with Parkinson's because I'm losing my ability to look, let's say, maybe at my cup 
and then look up at your eyes and come back again, that that range of vision starts to narrow uh, in functional movement, not necessarily because your eyes have gone bad. Does that make sense? Oh, it does indeed. Well, in terms of movement, let's say in terms of walking, you've been very clear about how where you are looking makes a big difference. So what about the challenge that some people have of walking and then the challenge of where do I look and also the challenge perhaps of walking to a person who is a walking partner? Do you see that multitasking is a challenge when it comes to movement for people with currently uh, experiencing Parkinson's symptoms? It is um, emotionally, socially, as as well as your movement. So the easiest thing you can do, and again, we can all do this right now because we're most likely sitting listening to this, but just see what it's like or feel what it's like to look at something, let's say, that's two feet away, and now look at something that's four feet away, and then look at something that's eight feet away, and then come back and um, I call this active and passive convergence. So you will see that, okay, that might be easy when I'm sitting down, and now you do the same experiment in standing and then the same experiment in walking. And I think you're going to quickly see that, oh, you know, my vision's not as clear or it can't move from the two-foot object to the eight-foot object when I'm trying to walk. I need to concentrate on my walking. So this is where I would take it down a notch and go back and really work on that vision of scanning the room, not just right in front of you now, to the left and to the right. Um, and again, like you were driving, you need to scan that neighborhood for the little squirrel that's running along as well as the 18-wheeler, right? These are skills we start to lose as we age. And it's a really great and very easy technique that you could literally do just sitting around on your chair and just doing your little exercises before you get ready to walk from your bed, let's say. Does that make more sense? It does indeed. You make such wonderful suggestions. Well, for people who want to be able to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, the easiest way is um, obviously my website, mobilelesson.com. However, I, I get it that that uh, physical phone call is great, which is I'm in Arizona, so plus one, 602-909-2565. That's in, we're in the U.S., as you know. And then also uh, by email, and um, I'm Michelle at movementlesson.com. Uh, I would be happy to uh, chat with you. However, most of the people that deal with it, because I'm so busy, I see clients all day long, um, it's better to, to, to get in touch with me and then I, I I'll try to, or I'll have my, my, my assistant talk to you. Uh, I do best with video. I like to see the way someone's moving. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can post a video there, uh, with movement lesson and my YouTube is movement lesson as well. But like I said, give me a day, Robert, and I will have a whole bunch of fun videos or uh, practical videos, I should say, to really help your audience. It'll all be listed under my channel, and I'll, I'll give you the link under YouTube and Movement Lesson so they can have really specific things of working in the chair, in standing, nice, safe, easy, um, but helping them with uh, just new waves, new possibilities to movement because that's the number one way to help your brain. When you learn how to move, people think it's learning a new language, right? But if you learn how to move today differently than you did yesterday, you've learned something. You've progressed. 
that's where the brain likes to stay happy, just in that progression. Whether you do movement lesson or not, that should be your key that you get out of this talk. I hope that you uh, – if I had to explain that properly. Oh, yes, and what a wonderful resource for people to take advantage of, especially during these months of lockdown. Michelle, could you also now restate your email address, but very slowly? Oh, sorry about that. Michelle is in my name, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, at movement, M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T, lesson, L E. S-S-O-N dot com, because movement lesson is just what it says. It's a lesson in movement. Members of my audience are stimulated by lots of information over the course of a day as people are reflecting back on our discussion today. Next week, what is it that you would most like listeners to remember about this interview? I would like everyone to realize that life is wonderful, but it's okay to have an off day. I think that quarantine is sort of doing that to all of us, to have a bit more of a reality check that things don't always go the way we plan. However, it's it's your body and enjoy it. Please don't, don't lose that sense of wonder and just to – to enjoy it. You have people around you that really want to be with you. It's it's okay to have a good day, but it's okay to have a bad day and to talk about it. And uh, I know that probably has nothing to do with our discussion, but seeing it with people in my family and who I work with, um, that's really such a bond and that we're all going through right now because we're all knowing what it's like to stay safe and to not know about tomorrow necessarily. Um, but to enjoy life, but you can always do something better, and that's to do it with movement. Michelle, is there any question I have not asked or any topic that we need to cover that we need to make sure and do that right now? Oh, my goodness. Please be safe. Always make sure your balance is okay. I know even yesterday you were maybe able to walk down the hallway if you are regressing or you're just having an off day respect it. Um, Parkinson's is one thing, but honestly, I'm sure your, your, your professionals have told you a fall to a hip or to the back really can do more than anything else. Uh, don't let pride get in the way that you need to be protective at, at time. Your home should be evaluated by, by someone or yourself. Get away those slip rugs that you might be attached to. Really, the number one thing to protect is your balance, but that doesn't mean don't move. You know, take proactive cases in your house, in your home, um, and remember that some days are great days, some days maybe won't be, but the balance really needs to be respected. Michelle Turner, on behalf of the many thousands of listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio, I want to thank you for taking the time to let us know about your revolutionary and pioneering work which is helping many, many thousands of people find ways to reclaim their life force. So thank you for doing this for so many others. I really appreciate that that you reached out to me. And if I could be at any help anytime, you let me know, and I'll be there for you, Robert. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
Thank you, Michelle. That means everything in the world. So that's what's happening here on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all of the women are, of course, smart, and all of the men are, of course, handsome, and all of the children are profoundly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact that you've been listening to this amazing interview with Michelle Turner, that in your own way, in your own time, using your own choices and pursuing your own methods of recovery, that indeed you are traveling down the road to recovery successfully. So congratulations to each of you. I am your host, Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. We are at parkinsonsrecovery.com with many, many wonderful support resources. Thank you so much for joining us today with this wonderful, supportive, informational interview with Michelle Turner, who is the founder of Movement Lesson. We look forward to connecting with you tomorrow. And tomorrow on the radio show, we are going to be talking about how dogs can smell Parkinson's of all things. So if you're not sure about your diagnosis, guess what? There's a way to make that happen by connecting in and getting a sample of you sent to the dogs that can smell and to determine whether or not, yes or not, you in fact have this condition or not. Thank you so much for connecting in. Again, this is Robert Rogers.